Welcome, friends. My name is Debbie Lawrence, and this is Episode 6 of the Compassionate Leader School Podcast. Okay, it's Sunday, and for many of us, tomorrow marks the beginning of Week 4 of this global pandemic. Based on the countless conversations I've been having with you this past week, that also means many of us are working from home, along with our significant others who may also be working from home, kids who are lacking their normal routine, pets that aren't quite sure what's happened to their typical weekday, and they may be like my taco who's missing his play pals at doggy daycare, and any number of other challenges, obstacles, and distractions. Even if your business is temporarily shut down or you've been laid off because of this pandemic, we all need to create structure and routine inside our four walls if we're going to come out on the other side in good shape and ready to move forward. The struggle is real. I suspect that as you lie in bed each morning thinking about the day ahead and what you want to accomplish, you have great intentions, but something seems to happen between then and when you sit at your makeshift desk to show up for work. By the time you're ready to start the day, if you're anything like so many of the people I've talked to over the past couple of weeks, you might be feeling on focus distracted, and even overwhelmed. And unfortunately, all too often, I suspect your day goes downhill from there. Sounds a little depressing, doesn't it? At the other extreme, there are also those of you who've talked with me about the challenge of not burning yourself out because you can't seem to step away from your makeshift desk and turn work off. Filling up the hours with work comes naturally at the best of times, but now that your office is in your home and there's little to no escape, you're on work overload and feeling exhausted from not breaking away enough. It's normal to struggle with this if you've never functioned with a home-based office. And when you add self-isolation on top of that with your family around you all the time, and they're feeling disjointed and on focus, well, make no wonder we're all struggling. Like many, you feel guilty when you're not working, guilty when you are. Guilty when your kids, or in my case, pets, want your undivided attention just as you're trying to meet a deadline or participate in a meeting. And guilty when you look at what you've actually accomplished and there's not much to that point uh, or up to that point, even though you haven't stopped all day. If it helps, I'm here to tell you, once again, you're not alone. That's why I'm doing this episode. I want to talk about these challenges and ultimately provide you with some guidance and strategies to help you navigate this new normal and to set you up for success so that when you look back on this time, you feel good about how you invested your energy, your creativity, and your time. This past week, I posted about how we need to choose not to live in the land of woulda, coulda, shoulda, not to squander what I see as this gift of time that we've been given. Instead, I want you to choose to be productive. So in response to the question, well, Debbie, how do I do that? I've got my top 10 strategies lined up for you. So here we go. Strategy number one, have a dedicated workspace. By now, you should have found a dedicated workspace for yourself, and this is more challenging for some than others. You need a place where you can house all your files and office supplies and everything you work with so that they'll be at your fingertips when you need them. 
And you'll also need to think about security, like keeping client information secure and away from prying eyes. Having an ergonomic chair is really important. I've heard quite a few people talking about how now they're dealing with aches and pains because they've done things like been sitting on a kitchen chair all week. I'm suggesting that you go to your office and bring your work chair home. That's one chair that you know meets your needs and is comfortable for your body. The height of your workspace, the placement of your computer screen, all of those things are very important considerations And in fact, if you can, it might even help to consult with someone who specializes in workplace ergonomics because something tells me we're in for the long haul and you'll need to get this just right. If you can face a window, all the better. Uh, Deanna reached out to me on Friday and she mentioned that she had to spend some time uh, on that day relocating her workspace because she where she originally set everything up, it just wasn't working for her. And I love that later she sent a photo with her desk facing a beautiful window. I thought that was smart. And don't forget to surround yourself with things that make you happy. Decorative items, a good lamp, photos, or a special card. The other thing I want you to think about is finding a way to close off your workspace at the end of the day so that you're not constantly being reminded of work that has to be done and feeling tempted to continue to work or guilty because you're not working. If you have a dedicated space that's in a separate room from everything, I think it's really important to physically close the door at the end of the day. The closing of that door symbolizes to you, as well as to the rest of your family, that work has ended and dedicated family time can now begin. Strategy number two, prepare for your day the night before. Number two on my list is something that I've been doing for a very long time, which is to take 15 minutes the night before and prepare for the next day. And it only takes me about 15 minutes. I really like Michael Hyatt's suggestion of identifying your top three priorities for the next day. There's something about the number three that I'm drawn to. And I even have this ritual. I've been doing this for years. And in the morning, when I'm getting ready for work, and as I'm brushing my teeth, that signals to me that that's a good time. I'm just sort of in the bathroom by myself, looking at myself in the mirror. I think about what are the top three things that I want to get done for the next day. And then at night, because I'm also guaranteed to brush my teeth before I go to bed, I reflect on the day. And it's like I do this mental checklist to say, yes, I can check the boxes that I worked on and completed those top three priorities. My top three for today are to edit a report for a client, to develop the outline for a new program offering this spring, and to record this podcast. I also have my typical to-do list filled with tasks, but the most important accomplishment for me today and any day is to make sure I complete my top three. And that's something that keeps me moving forward. And when I say to identify your top three priorities, it could be that you're going to complete a component of a, say, a much larger project, and it's that one component that you're focused on today. Call that the Swiss cheese method. You know, in other words, if I said to you, you have to sit there and consume a five pound block of cheese. If you had to do that, you you might, and you wouldn't want to have to eat cheddar cheese for a really long time. But if every day you took a small chunk of that cheese, a slice of cheese here, a slice of cheese there, you would enjoy it each time. And before you knew it, you would have completely eaten the the big old block of cheese. So 
that's a, a strategy to think about when you're completing all of your tasks. Strategy number three, develop a morning routine. Years ago, I read Stephen King's book called On Writing, and I was inspired by his approach to his craft. Every day, King has a ritual, a routine he does that by the end puts him in his writing studio and in the frame of mind that's required for him to write at his best. More and more, we hear about the importance of cultivating a morning routine, and that has never been more important than now. Think of it as building what's called a habit stack, where you have a series of things you do in a specific order. For me these days, my morning routine looks something like this. I get up and brush my teeth. And of course, as I mentioned before, I'm reflecting on the three things, the big three top priorities I want to get accomplished that day. Then I let Taco out, boil the kettle, grind my coffee beans, let Taco in, give him a treat, and make my French press coffee. Next, I use my Calm app to do a meditation for the day. Oh, I have found that really, really helpful. And they have a new one, a nice short meditation every morning. I read my daily stoic, something I've been doing with my husband. And that leads me to the shower, where I do everything, again, in a particular order, including dressing, as if I'm heading out to work. Then I turn on the news to catch the highlights from CBC and CNN before grabbing my coffee, which is brewed, and I head to my office. By nine o'clock on most mornings, I'm in my true work mode. In fact, I believe it's really important to have the right mindset for this new way of working. So start your day by telling yourself, I'm going to work now, not I'm going to sit at the kitchen table and see what I can get done. Number four, honor your schedule. I also have a routine for how I start my work day. My schedule is my best friend. I like to look at my day and block out when I'm going to do everything, including taking breaks. Blocking out time for my top three priorities goes first, followed by breaks, and then the key tasks for the day. I also allow a half hour at the beginning and the end of my day to check and clean up email and review and respond to social media notifications so that I'm not allowing myself to be constantly interrupted throughout the day. And while we're talking about schedules and routine, I really want to encourage you to get your whole family on a schedule and into a regular routine. They say that children need boundaries, and I think adults need them too. And routine and schedules create boundaries that can bring calm and order to your household. Pets are the same way. It might even be a great family activity to get everyone together and create a master family schedule for weekdays and a different one for the weekends. And then post it somewhere so everyone can see and work with it. And don't forget to include a specific time for a family household check-in, typically on a weekly basis, especially under these extraordinary circumstances brought about by the self-isolation and concerns over the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Strategy five, include breaks in your schedule. Now I've mentioned including breaks in your schedule before, and I wanna highlight them here. One of the health concerns with everyone working from home are the negative effects on our health brought about from sitting for long periods of time. So it's vital to have breaks where you can get up and move your body. I love to use what's called a time timer. I actually bought it on Amazon and it looks like a large clock that allows me to set blocks of time for tasks and projects 
based on my schedule. There's this technique called Pomodoro, that where you use a timer to break down work into intervals, typically 25 minutes in length, and then they're separated by short breaks. So each interval is known as a pomodoro, which comes from the Italian word for tomato after the tomato-shaped kitchen timer. I love it because the alarm tells me when it's time to get up and move and helps to keep me on track throughout the day. I also have lunch every day with my husband and the prime minister. I joke, I say, I'm off to have have lunch with the prime minister today. At noon, I break religiously to prepare a healthy lunch and listen to his national press briefing. And then I enjoy coffee with Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York before I head back to work. By mid-afternoon, I walk with Taco and I aim to break by 4.45 so I can have supper with my husband. I also work three evenings as I have been enjoying checking in with groups of business leaders and hosting the Compassionate Leader School Book Club. My goal is to walk away from my office by 9 p.m. on those days. And I know this evening schedule is only in place because of these extraordinary circumstances, not forever. But every day, uh, there's time to spend with my husband. I call loved ones. I walk with Taco. I catch up on the news. I read. I meditate. I throw on a load of laundry or putter in the kitchen. I do some household task that needs to get done. And then as for the weekends, well, they're all mine to do as I wish. Strategy six, tame your distractions. I talked earlier about working in blocks of time. One of the things I work hard at doing is giving myself short five to 10 minute intervals after each block. And that's when I can quickly check email and social media something's big as breaking in the news or there's a conversation going on in one of the the chat rooms that I'm a part of. Some days it's harder to manage than others when important things are happening, but I've had to really focus on taming those distractions, especially when you're surrounded by people who are less disciplined and want to chat at length. Another thing you can do is wear noise uh, noise reduction headphones, especially when there are others at home who are busy and making noise. Okay, strategy number seven, designate production time and interaction time. When I'm blocking my time, I group activities based on whether they're production oriented or interaction based. I need lots of space and isolation around projects that require mental power, so I don't like to be interrupted. And in fact, recent research on interruption says that when we're interrupted, it takes the typical person anywhere from 17 to 25 minutes to recover from the interruption. So if you think about it, you're in the middle of, I don't know, working on a spreadsheet and then you get a phone call or you get a notification and you see that it's a an email and you want to go and check that email. So by the time you deal with the interruption and then you come back to where you were, most of us have to back up a few steps to sort of say, okay, okay, so I was here and okay, I did that and I did that. Oh yes, okay, and here I am. And it will take the average person, research says, anywhere from 17 to 25 minutes to get back to that place where you were and to find your rhythm again. And now here's the kicker. Research also says that we are interrupted on average every 11 minutes throughout the day. So that's why sometimes we'll walk away from work and go, oh my gosh, I am exhausted. I never stopped today. And yet I don't really feel like I accomplished anything in particular. And I suspect we have even more frequent interruptions right now. And it may be taking longer to refocus. 
So consider working with a strategy like having a block of time for production-based things. I even turn off notifications. I silence my phone, I close my office door, and I let my husband know I'm heading into production mode for, say, the next two hours so that I can really be creative and innovative and productive. I do what I can to, uh, you know, as I say, channel my inner Larry the Cable guy. I just got to get her done. All right, strategy number eight, establish rules of work. I really think this one is very, very important. With so many of you working at home with family around, I recommend that you establish rules of work for yourself and for everyone else. These are the things that you say, this is okay and this is not okay while I'm working. I recently worked on a list with a client and some of her rules of work include the following. Uh, She said, I arrive at my home office each day dressed as if I could be asked to jump on a Zoom call or do a Facebook Live at any moment. Never interrupt me when I'm on the phone. If the office door, well, it's actually her former guest room, but if that door is closed, knock first. If the office door is closed and the purple ribbon is on the doorknob, Only knock if the house is burning down or you need her to call an ambulance. She says, when I leave the office at the end of the day and close my door, my walk down the hallway is considered to be her commute home. And she doesn't blare music in her office or watch Netflix while she's working because in her normal office, she would never do those things. So those are just some examples to get you started and get you thinking about what your rules of work might include. All right, two more. Strategy number nine, dedicate your commute time to your PD. Given that so many of us have been gifted back the time we would have spent commuting to and from work, and I see it as a gift, believe me, I am dedicating that time to my professional development. My gosh, with so many free courses and book clubs and resources available right now, Investing that time in myself will pay dividends, and it makes me feel great about how I'm using my time these days. For you, that can include time for personal pursuits too, like painting or learning how to play a musical instrument, honing your culinary skills, learning taekwondo, anything that fills you up and makes you feel better about yourself is game. And then number 10, have a shutdown routine. Just like I talked about having a morning routine and one for starting your workday, you should also create a shutdown routine to help you gear down for the day and shift from work mode to home mode. Included in this routine is taking time to focus on your accomplishments for the day. I love the idea of creating an I did list where you capture what you got done that day. And I'm a visual person. So for me, highlighting items on my planner feels great because I'm I'm still old fashioned. I love a physical planner, but I use the highlighter on my um, Microsoft Outlook planner as well. Um, and I love to give myself stickers whenever, particularly whenever I accomplish one of my top three priorities for the day. It really motivates me. Um, and then it helps me um, bring good energy when I'm then planning what my top three priorities are going to be for the next day. And it's just a really good way to feel when you're closing the door on your workday. Okay, compassionate leaders. So here's your take action challenge. I want you to under promise so you can over deliver. So this week, just focus on creating a morning routine. Grab a notebook 
and jot down everything you do to get Monday morning rolling. Then review it and decide which order works best for you. You know, when habit stacking, we always talk about identifying your anchor habits, which means choosing the habit that starts the stack and which one signals that it has ended. And then start Tuesday with your draft morning routine and try it each day after that. I really believe you will find comfort and encouragement from having this in place. And then next week, continue with your morning routine but then start to focus on prepping the night before and so on and work your way through this list of 10. You need the structure and routine now more than you ever have and so does your family. I promise you, your investment of time and energy on this will pay dividends over the short term and long term and I'll be looking for your wins. So until next time, Here's to giving ourselves permission to show up as fierce, open, and compassionate leaders and always to living life abundantly. Have a really productive week and bye for now.